You're listening to a presentation of Arising, a community of faith designed to see people far from God raise a true life. We're always encouraged to know God is changing lives through this ministry. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know and send an email to stories at wearetherising.com. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear a word from God. Hey, y'all ready to receive something great today? Yeah? Good. I, I hope so, man. I hope so, because I have something to say today. And, and, and don't you know that there's a difference between when you have to say something and when you have something to say? You know the difference, right? The difference is when you have to say something, it means that you're obligated to say something. You might not have anything to say, but you just have to, and so you just reach out, grab whatever, and say it. But when you have something to say, it means that there's something deep down inside of you, and you're like, I can't hold this in. Like, I got to share this with somebody, because I... I, I Every single time that I get up here on this platform to share with you, it's because I have something to say to you. I don't ever get up here because I have to say something. It's not like, oh man, Sunday's here. What am I going to say? No, I get up here because I have something to say. And I really believe that today somebody's life is going to change forever, that somebody's marriage is going to get better, that, that your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend is going to get better, that your relationships with your friends is going to change. I believe that somebody today can be set free from an addiction. I think somebody today is going to discover freedom. So are y'all ready for this? Yeah, all right, good, good, good. Well, go ahead and take out your program. Get ready to write some notes. I want to give you the title for today's message. Uh, I don't always have a title for my messages, but I got a title today, and I'm really proud of it, so I want you to write it down. So here it is. Title for the message today is this, Ghosts, Icebergs, and Truth. Ghosts, Icebergs, and Truth. Now, the, the concept for this message actually came from a guy named Peter Rollins. Uh, Peter Rollins is an Irish theologian and philosopher, and he gave a message one day called, uh, The Truth Will Set You Free. Later on, he renamed it to The Ghosts Will Set You Free. And it's an amazing message. I, I highly recommend that you go and listen to it. And if you're wondering where to find it, I'll, I'll tell you. There's this thing, there's an invention called the internet, and uh, Al Gore invented it. I don't know if you know that. But, there's, but, but I want to give you the website that you can go to to find the message. Again, it's Peter Rollins, The Truth Will Set You Free, The Ghost Will Set You Free. If you go to this website, it's G-O-O-G-L-E period C-O-M. Just go, to that, just go to that site, type in Peter Rollins, The Truth Will Set You Free, and you'll, you'll find the message and listen to it. Again, I highly recommend that you listen to it. Uh, also, it's fun listening to it because he's Irish, and so he has an amazing accent. You could just listen to him all day. But uh, the, the concept and some of the content came from that message, and, and, and again, listen to it. Uh, so today, though, I want to talk to you about ghosts, icebergs, and truth. I wonder, how many of you like scary movies? Anybody here like scary movies? Yeah, I used to like scary movies. I don't really like scary movies anymore. A friend of mine asked me one time, how come you don't like scary movies? I said, because they're scary. Like, like I, don't, I don't like to be scared. Now, I, I used to like them. When I was in middle school, I loved scary movies. I was so into it. I, I used to buy this magazine called Fangoria. Anybody know about Fangoria? No? All right, we'll move on then. Uh, but but I, used, I used to really be into it. And you know, there's all sorts of categories of scary movies, right? There, there's all sorts of, uh, of categories. Like there's monster scary movies. These are movies like The Blob, Jaws, Critters. And then there's also, y'all, y'all remember Critters, anybody? That's, that's kind of a, a unique one. Yeah, somebody, awesome. Don't leave me up here by myself. And then there's other movies like, there's like slasher movies, movies like Friday the 13th. Anybody know about that one? Okay, good, good. How about Nightmare on Elm Street? Thank you. Uh, anybody a fan of Halloween? All right, some of you. What about 
uh, oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's a gruesome one. And then there's, there's other categories, things like uh, thrillers. And I haven't seen all these movies, I just know them. There, there, there's thrillers, things like The Cabin in the Woods and The Purge. And then there's, there's other uh, scary movies, ghost scary movies. These are movies like The Shining and Poltergeist and Insidious and The Ring and The Grudge. And I think those last two, The Ring and The Grudge, are quite possibly the scariest movies that have ever come out. It's because of those two movies that I'm, I'm terrified when I walk around in the dark. Like, it, it really, it, it's because of The Ring that we don't own a VHS player in our house. <laughs> really, it, it's not because VHS players are old and outdated and useless, but we don't own a VHS player because I'm terrified to watch the wrong VHS tape and then be killed seven days later by a girl with long black hair that covers her face. Like, I am terrified of that. And then it's because of the grudge that there are times I'll be walking in our house. It'll be night. The lights will be out. And I I get really anxious because I think behind me, I'm going to hear this noise that's, uh, right? I mean, isn't that scary? And and it's because of uh, the grudge that my wife refuses to go into the attic. So anytime we need something, she always sends me up there to get it. And so these, these two, The Ring and The Grudge, scariest movies, I think, like, like I'm really terrified of ghost scary movies. Hey, uh, speaking of ghosts, I wonder, how many of you believe in ghosts? Anybody believe in ghosts? All right. I don't, I don't really believe in ghosts. I don't know if you should or if you shouldn't. That's not really the point. But, but there are different categories of ghosts. But the, the, the basic premise of a ghost is this, that a ghost is the presence of an absence. Uh, a ghost is the presence of an absence. See, the girl died in the well so long ago. She's absent. She's no longer here. But her apparition is still here. It's presence. A ghost is the presence of an absence. It's a lot like icebergs. There's a smooth transition for you, right? <laughs> Just a little note in public speaking. Your transition should always be, always be smooth and well thought out. That one was not. But, but, but ghosts really are like icebergs. Uh, icebergs are one of the most difficult things for ship captains to navigate around. The, the reason is because only about 10% of an iceberg is out of water. The rest, 90%, is underwater. And so if someone sees a, a, an iceberg, they don't know how far that protrudes out underneath the water. And so it's very dangerous, very difficult to navigate around icebergs. The reason is because icebergs are the presence of an absence. See, you only see a small portion of the iceberg, but the rest, most of it is hidden under the surface. It's the presence of an absence. Today, we're continuing this series we've been in called Introducing You to You. And, and what we've been doing throughout the series is we've been exploring this made-up scenario. What, what if I was able to introduce you to you. What if I could stand your future you in front of you and introduce you to them? What if you met who you'll be five years from now? What would you think about that person? Would you, would you be excited about who you become, or would you be disappointed about who you become? And, and, and what we've discovered throughout this series is that the truth is our destiny is determined by us, that our future is in our Hands. We, we, we saw this in scripture through our memory passage. It's Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Now, in the very beginning of the series, I asked everyone to take time to memorize this passage, and I'm sure I could just bring anybody up on stage and you'd be able to recite it for us, right? Uh, but I won't do that. Uh, instead, I'm going to have Jake, our worship leader, come up. Uh, would you guys give it up with, for Jake? Yeah. Jake, I want to have you come up, and uh, Jake is going to recite this memory passage. We're going to see if he got it. So, uh, Jake, can you tell us Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9? Go for it. I'm not going to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to 
You, you got it, right? Go ahead. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. For a man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, then from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Wow, that's good. Yeah, give it up. Give it up. Thanks, Jake. That's awesome. I didn't know if I had to fire you or not. Um, <laughs> no, so Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9 says this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. If we, if we sow to please the sinful nature, from that nature we'll reap destruction. But if we sow to please the Spirit, then from the Spirit we'll reap eternal life. Do not grow weary then in doing good because at the proper time we will receive a reward if we do not give up. This passage really lets us know this truth that you and I, we live in a reaping and sowing world. That whatever it is we plant, that's what we grow. And so we discovered that whatever we do now will determine who we'll be in the future. And so when we, when we get to a place in life, we should never act like a victim, like, well, this just happened to me or whatever. No, we choose where we're going to be one day. And so what we discovered in this series is that we need to have a vision for who we want to be, where we're going. Once we get that in mind, then we start doing now the things that will get us there then. One time, uh, Jesus was talking to a group of Jewish people about 2,000 years ago. It's recorded in the scriptures. It's in John chapter 8. And, and Jesus said uh, this famous phrase, even if you're not a Christian or you didn't even grow up in church, perhaps you've heard this phrase before. We're going to take a look at it. So if you have a Bible, would you go ahead and open up to John chapter 8, verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. And if you're not quite sure where the book of John is, if you have a paper Bible, if you turn to the very beginning, that's the table of contents. It'll give you all the books that are in the Bible. Find John. It'll give you the page number, and it'll take you right there. So John chapter 8, verse 31. John is the fourth book in the New Testament. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So if you get to one of those, keep going. And then you have Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians. If you get to those, you've gone too far. So go back. So John chapter 8, verse 31. Here's what it says. To the Jews, it says, uh, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teaching, then you're truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, what Jesus is saying here, the primary meaning of this, is Jesus is talking about his teaching, the way of life that he offers him. What, what he's saying is that if you accept me, if you believe in me, if you're baptized into me, then you will know the truth. I offer a truth that will set you free because we, we're not free. We're, we're guilty of sin. We're guilty of guilt. We're guilty, like we have, uh, we're prisoners of hopelessness in our life. But Jesus says, listen, the truth that I bring, the truth that I offer will set you free. It'll set you free from sin. It'll, it'll, have you, uh, it'll enable you to enter into a relationship with God. And this truth that Jesus brings is found only in Jesus. It's not found in your mom. It's not found in your dad. It's not found in your grandma. It's not found in me. It's not found in Muhammad, Buddha, or Confucius. But it's only found in Jesus. Jesus even said this a little later in the book of John, John chapter 14, verse 6. He says this. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's only in Jesus that we discover this truth that sets us free. And so 
I think maybe for somebody today, you've been running from God. Maybe you grew up learning about God, knowing about God. Maybe you're here and you have all sorts of questions and you don't even know if this whole God thing is real. Jesus, uh, I think, has brought you here today to let you know, listen, the truth is found only in me. I have what you're searching for. I have what you're longing for. It's right here. And so maybe today you thought, oh, I'm just, you know, kind of coming to church. Somebody invited me or whatever. But maybe today is the day that you say, God, if you're the truth, if you offer a truth that sets me free, if you offer meaning and life and purpose and hope, then I want that. And today I'm going to stop running. Today, today I'm going to come to you. If that's you, we have a way for you to respond that way. Uh, in the program, we have a Connect card. And at the bottom of that Connect card, it says, I want to accept Christ as my Savior. If that's you or if you have questions about that, we'd love for you to mark that box at the end of the worship experience. Take it to the black tables. We'd love to talk with you about that. Maybe you've never been baptized before. And if you say, you know, there's really no good reason. I mean, I believe that Jesus died for me. I, I want to give him my life. And you want to be baptized. On the back of that card, there's a box that says, um, I have questions about baptism. Uh, drop that off at the black tables. We want to talk to you about that as well. But this truth is found only in Jesus, this truth that brings life. Now, there's a second way to read this. There's another way to understand it. And it's, and it, so first we have to understand the primary thing, that Jesus is saying he's the truth, he's the one who brings life. But another way to read it is this, that truth in general sets us free, right? Truth in general sets us free. Not that truth in general forgives us of our sins or gives us life with God, but truth in general can set us free. What, what I mean is if we understand the principle of the truth of time management, then it sets us free from busyness, right? Like if I understand the principle of time management, it sets me free from busyness. If, if, if I understand this principle of the, the truth of believing the best in people, then what that does is it frees me from gossip, right? When I know the truth, then it can set me free in various areas of life. So, so really the truth sets us free, but often you and I, we live as though that weren't the case. Like, like often... Like, like, I think we'd all agree and we'd say, okay, yeah, the, the, the truth sets us free, yeah. But many times we live as though the truth doesn't set us free. And we need to suppress the truth at all costs. Like, whatever you do, don't bring up the truth. And if you think that that's absurd, all you have to do is take a look at how we live, right? I mean, just, just think about a marriage. Maybe, maybe it's your marriage or, or your mom and dad's marriage, but, but, but just think about a marriage, right? Like, in a marriage... They're the acceptable things. These are the things that we should do, right? And we all know these things. It's things like you should love one another. You should be kind to one another. You should serve one another. These are the acceptable things, the things we should do. And then there's the unacceptable things. And we all know these things too. These are the things that you shouldn't do. Like you shouldn't abuse one another emotionally or physically. You shouldn't cheat on one another emotionally or physically. These are the unacceptable things you just shouldn't do. But then in a marriage, there are the, the unacceptable, acceptable transgressions, right? These are the things that, that we know that we shouldn't do, but, but we all do them at times and we never really talk about them. We never really bring them up, right? It's things like bitterness, Right? Like we know we shouldn't be bitterness in a marriage. It just drives a wedge in our marriage. It, 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 it seeks to divide. But we do it and we never really bring it up. We never really talk about it. I mean, there's bitterness maybe in your relationship right now. You both know that it's there. Everybody knows that it's there, but you just never really talk about it. You never bring it up. It, it, it's things like emotional withdrawnness, 
right? Things like uh, resentment, things like sarcasm, or putting each other down, or sniping back and forth at one another. These are all the, the, the unacceptable, acceptable transgressions. It's a thing that we all know is there, right? I mean, the kids know, the mom knows, the dad knows, the grandparents know, everybody knows, but we just never talk about these things. And so what happens is we can just kind of go through life with these things humming below the surface, and we never really bring it up. And so, and so we eat dinner together, and the kids play together, but we never talk about these things just under the surface that we all know is there. These, these are the icebergs in our life, right? These are the, the present absences. Like, 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 we all know that it's there, but because we don't talk about it, we feel as though it's absent. No, it's still there. These are the ghosts in our lives, these things that haunt us. We, we, we pretend as though they're not there, but really they are. And what happens with, with a ghost is a ghost can transform into a poltergeist. A, a, a poltergeist is a ghost that expresses itself um, in loud, violent ways, in destructive ways. And so what happens sometimes is we all know this truth. We all know that there are things just under the surface, and we never bring them up. We never really talk about them, and so we, we suppress them. We, we, we push them down. And if we continue to push the truth down, if we continue to, to suppress these ghosts, they become poltergeists and they show in other areas of our life, right? Like, like when we suppress the truth, when we push it down, then it shows in the kid's behavior at school, right? When, when we push the truth down, there are these things that we all know are going on. We all know that they exist, but we never talk about them. When we push them down, then it shows in one person's overattachment to the internet, or somebody's overworking, or someone's overdrinking. When we push the truth down, it can also often show itself in our escaping into fantasy. Maybe it's pornography, looking at uh, images of naked women on a screen, or pornography, reading a, a novel, or going to see a movie that's monochromatic, right? Oh, it got silent in here. Hold on, that's too real? That's too real. Okay, I'll talk about puppies, rainbows, and butterflies then. Uh, no, but but but... It, when we suppress the truth, when we push it down, it shows itself in all sorts of other areas. And so often, the thing that we see on the surface, it's not really about that thing, but it's about something else. It's about something deeper. It's about something we keep suppressing and pushing down. Like, like bullying is a great example of this. I mean, when you think about bullying, the, the act of bullying, the act of someone um, like... like um, hurting someone else or like uh, intimidating someone else. It's not about the intimidation. It's not about the hurting. It's not, it's not about being mean or angry. Often it's because there's something deeper just under the surface, right? And so what would happen in our life if we were to peer under the water to see the icebergs for what they really are? If we were to expose the ghosts, if we were to allow the truth to rise, if we did that in bullying, if we allowed the truth to rise, here's why I'm doing this, then it might look like this. Here, take a look. Brown is like the most lesbo teacher I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why you reading? Why you gotta bother me, man? Because I'm not doing very well at school. I'm reading at a third grade level. I really don't want to get left back. So when I see somebody reading for fun, it makes me feel that much more stupid. And then I get mad. I didn't know that. I, thanks so much for opening up to me. Shut up! I understand. Why, I mean, why you gotta go there? I'm afraid of these feelings and what they might mean. It's like because I hate myself so much, I gotta point that hate outward towards you. 
<laughs> you understand this on such a deep level that you... Now I'm going to punish you physically for acknowledging my emotional problems. Wait, 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 wait. I, I was going to say, if you understand yourself so well, then maybe you should try working on changing it. Of course I want to change it. But it's the only defense mechanism I have against deeper, more terrifying problems buried inside of me. You're lucky my dad's here. I need to take you home and beat on you because I hate myself. And you look like your mother who left me. And I'm going to block out the guilt I feel over mistreating you with the river of vodka. I'm going to internalize that and unknowingly transfer it onto you tomorrow. Coming reluctantly. Yeah, and so this is what the bullying is really about. It's not about the bullying. It's about something else. This is what the argument is really about. This is what the addiction is really about. This is what the divide in our relationship is really about. It's not often about the surface thing. And so, and so there's a coworker, right, that you have, and they, they're, they're always... Uh, they're always busy. They're they're all around the place. They're um they're they're always having a temper. They uh they're always sarcastic with somebody. Listen, it, it's not about them being anxious or angry or another a word you want to use to describe them. But 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 it's about something else. And so like for for your coworker, if you were to just sit down with them and say, hey hey, tell me about your life. Tell me what's going on with you. You might discover that they're so stressed out, they're so frustrated with where they are because of the job that they're in, and they thought, you know, I never thought that I'd be at this place in my life. I thought I'd be higher in the chain. I thought I'd be doing something else, but instead I'm here. Maybe, maybe you discover the reason is because uh, they, they're not that great with their finances, and so they, there's more month at the end of their money, and so they just can't make ends meet, and so they're stressed out, and they're frustrated about that. Listen, it's not about them being so anxious. It's about this other thing going on in their life. You, you, you may discover that, that the reason why they are the way they are is because they're having difficulties in their marriage, and they bring that to work, and they show it that way. Maybe it's that they're single, and, and, and they feel like, what? What's wrong with me? Why doesn't anybody want to be with me? And so they take that out on other people. Maybe it's because they've encountered situations at work and, and they have a victim mentality because they think back to when they were bullied or joked as a kid. And so these things come up and then they show themselves, uh, they, they show the, these things come up and then, they, and then they show right there on the surface. See, it's not always about what we see. Oftentimes there's something under the surface. There's something deeper to that. It's like if my wife and I were to come over to your house because you guys invited us to have a medium rare steak. Not that you have to, but if you wanted to. And we, and we came over and we were having dinner together and you guys were talking about, oh, she never turns the lights off or, or he never puts his clothes up and you guys were just kind of talking about this. Then it's probably about the lights and the clothes, right? But if you're about to go to World War III over this, then listen, it's not about the lights. It's not about the clothes. There's something deeper there. Somebody doesn't feel loved. Somebody doesn't feel cared for. There's something under the surface. There's an iceberg. There's a ghost in the relationship. And so it's not always about what it seems, but, but, but oftentimes there's something deeper there. And you know, sometimes, sometimes we don't want to bring up the truth, right? Because oftentimes the truth is painful. I mean, listen, we all know that this is there. We all know that it exists. It's all humming underneath the surface, but we just pretend like it's not there. But because if we bring up the truth, if we bring up the truth, then there's going to be hell to pay, right? 
And so I know that when I'm around Lisa, I never bring up that one thing because if I bring up that one thing, that's the hot button for her. And when I go, when I go to Thanksgiving with, with my family, I never bring up this one thing because if I bring up this one thing, then, then it's all over. Or when I'm at work, you never, whatever you do, never say this to the boss or don't say this around this person because if you do, then there's going to be a crisis. But I want to suggest today that when we allow the truth to rise to the surface, we don't create a crisis because the crisis already exists. The, the crisis is already there. If, if, if there are things that are happening in your marriage, in your relationship, in your friendships, at your workplace that are humming underneath the surface and we all walk on eggshells and we all know whatever you do, don't bring this up or don't say this. And you know what it is already as you think about your relationship now, as you think about your workplace. All these ideas and topics and thoughts are coming to your mind. Yep, I never say this. The crisis is already there. Just because we bring it up, just because we peer under the surface, just because we expose the ghost for what it is, doesn't mean that we create a crisis because the crisis already exists. Jesus was actually talking about this one time when um, he, was, he was calling out the Pharisees. The, the, the Pharisees were these religious leaders who were in charge of the Jewish synagogues during Jesus' time. And Jesus said that the Pharisees, he said, you're hypocrites. He said, you're, you're like whitewashed tombs. And what Jesus was saying is that on the outside, everything is beautiful. On the outside, everything looks good. It, it seems like you have everything together. But, but on the inside, just under the surface, there are these rotting corpus, uh, corpses, decaying bones, decrepit bodies. Like on the outside, everything seems fine. But just under the surface, the crisis exists. Just because we bring up the truth doesn't mean that we create a crisis. We simply expose the crisis that exists. You know, as a church, uh, one of the values that we have is authenticity is essential. And so one of the things that we talk about is that we want to be authentic, that, that God didn't create you to wear a mask, but, but God created you to be you. And, and each and every one of us are flawed individuals. I love uh, this, this experience my wife and I just had this past Friday. We went out with some friends of ours, Matt and Lisa. We went to a, to a restaurant uh, just to kind of celebrate Valentine's Day. And listen, if you're like, look, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day because it's every day. No, it's not. It was yesterday. Uh -huh. <laughs> and if you're like, oh, it's every day, well, then, well, then treat your spouse like it's every day. All right, that's too real. Um, no, no, no. But, but, but we were out on Friday night, and we were talking, and I asked him, I said, hey, hey, what's the one thing that you guys love about the rising? And I love what Matt said. He said, um, he said I love that people seem so real. Like when I walked through the doors, I felt loved, I felt, I felt cared for, but it was really great when we joined a group. See, we have groups that meet during the week. Uh, we have a semester of them going on right now. They're gonna, um, we're going to be starting a new semester of groups in May, and so make sure to join those. But even if you're not in a group now, it's a great way to get to know some people and to build some relationships. You can stop by the orange tables, see what groups we still have open, and you can be a part of to get to know some people. But he said, I'm, I'm glad that we joined a group because when we joined a group, uh, I discovered that everybody was just as jacked up as we are, right? Like, like 
I mean, coming on Sunday, you kind of think, oh, everybody has it all together. Everybody's perfect, you know, Christians or whatever. But he said, no, like, first, I didn't feel that way when I came on a Sunday. But second, when I got involved in a group, I discovered that we're just like everybody else, that we're all in the same boat, and we all need Jesus. And so I love that he said that, that, that he discovered that we as a community of faith are living out this value, that authenticity is essential. But, but, but here's the thing. Like, in order for us to become who we're going to be one day, it means that we have to embrace authenticity. It means that we can't continue to suppress the truth or drive the ghost down or, 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 or pretend that the icebergs aren't there. Instead, we need to allow it to rise and be authentically who we are, saying, God, this is who I am, flaws and failures and all, and I want you to make me into who you're calling me to be. And so authenticity for us as a church is essential. My hope is that each and every Sunday when you come, that you don't have to wear a mask, that when you live throughout the week, that you can be yourself because God is doing some great things in your life. And so uh, authenticity is essential. And this is what Jesus was talking about, that, that these Pharisees, they were whitewashed tombs. Under the surface, there was a crisis that was brewing. And so, so this concept of, of pushing the truth down, suppressing it, uh, ghosts and icebergs, these things under the surface, it, it, it's true with relationships, it's true with various issues, it's true with organizations, it's true at our, at our job, but it's also true with some of the people in our life. Like, like you and I, we have ghosts in our lives. It's people who are, who are absent, and yet they're very present to us. And here's the thing, your ghosts are different from my ghosts. And my ghosts are different from your ghosts. What I mean is, if you just think about somebody who's hurt you, somebody who's wronged you, someone who's lied to you, someone who's cheated you, someone who's hurt you, think about them. If they were to walk into the room right now, you'd feel it. I wouldn't feel it, but you'd feel it. You would feel their presence. They're a ghost to you. That person could be alive. That, curse, that person could be dead. That person could live in the city of Norfolk. They could live on the other side of the world. But right now, they're a ghost to you. They're, they're absent, and yet they're present in your life. Because if they were to walk through the door, your teeth would clench with rage, right? Your heart would beat a little faster. You'd catch a breath. Adrenaline would begin to race through your body. You'd feel their presence, but I wouldn't. We all have ghosts in our lives. Even now, as you're thinking about that person, they're taking up space in your mind. And you know exactly who it is. Their name is coming to you over and over. And even though they're absent, even though they're not here right now, they're very present to you. And depending on how recent whatever they did to you happened, uh, maybe you still think about it. Maybe you lose sleep over what they did. You constantly think about them through the day, and you have those imaginary conversations, right? Like, they're not there, but if they were there, you would tell them this, right? And you give them all this time. What's happening is that person, even now, is haunting you. That's what a ghost is. It's the presence of an absence. And so this is what forgiveness is all about. Forgiveness is about exercising the demons, right? It, it, it's about saying, listen... This person is not going to haunt me any longer. In their absence, they will no longer be present 
in my life. Forgiveness is not saying to someone, hey, what you did was okay, but forgiveness is saying, I'm not going to hold this against you any longer. I'm not going to allow you to continue to take up space in my life, to take up space in my mind, so that if they were to walk through the door, that you wouldn't even feel their presence. Now, this is what forgiveness is all about, and I wonder for you, who do you need to forgive? Who is very present to you right now, even though they're absent? Who's haunting you? Maybe the person you need to forgive is someone who is present. Maybe it's the person sitting right next to you. Because maybe for a long time you've had all these things underneath the surface and you've been suppressing it and pushing it down and it's caused bitterness and resentment in your relationship with them. And maybe today is the day that you say, I need to forgive. I need to forgive. Who right now is haunting you? And so this is what I want to do today. I want to bring up the truth. I want to take a look at the icebergs. I want to take a look at the ghosts in our life and allow the, the icebergs to be exposed, allow the ghosts to be exposed, allow the truth to rise up to the surface. And so here's how we do that. When we bring this stuff up to the surface, there's, there, there's a few things that can happen. First, when we start to bring the truth up to the surface, the system can start to push it down, right? The system might be our ego, it might be our pride, it might be our friends, our coworkers, our relatives, whatever. When we try to bring up this issue or whatever, they'll try to push it down and suppress it. But there's a crisis there. You know the crisis is there, and so don't allow it to continue to be there and say, okay, no, I'm gonna let it rise, I'm gonna let it rise, because we need to talk about it. And so... Even though it may be try to uh, get pushed down, we need to allow it to rise and really look at the truth. And when we do this, when we bring the truth to the surface, when we expose the ghosts and see the icebergs underneath the surface, when we do this, one of two things will happen. We'll either experience rupture or reformation. Rupture or reformation. When we bring the truth up, sometimes things can rupture. The reason is because we often can't handle the truth. That's why we're, we were suppressing it in the first place. And so when it comes to the surface, it may lead to rupture. We may say, you know what, this is just way too much. We can't really do this. And so uh, the marriage ends, and the friendship is over, and the relationship is split, and the organization disintegrates. You might get fired when you bring the truth up. It can lead to rupture. But as we continue to push down the truth, well, it shows itself in other ways. These, these things become poltergeists. So when we bring up the truth, it can rupture or it can lead to reformation. And this is the goal in bringing up the truth, is to lead to reformation. When we bring the truth up, when we allow these ghosts to shine, then these ghosts can become holy ghosts. They can bring about reformation. This is the goal. This is why we bring the truth up. They can bring about reformation. We can say, you know what? You're right. This has been going on. This has been happening. How can we move to something better and healthier as a result of this? Let's not continue to pretend that it's not there or pretend that it doesn't exist. Instead, let's bring it up and let's move forward. How do we get better in this? It leads to reformation. But when we bring the truth up, there's a way to do it, okay? I say that because somebody's listening right now, and they're like, awesome, I'm going to go let people have it. No, that, that's not what this is about. Somebody, somebody here is like, well, I just tell people like it is. Listen, if you tell people like it is, that's why you don't have any friends, because people don't like to be with people who just tell it like it is. So there's a way to bring up the truth, because even though, yeah, they need to hear it, you need to say it in a hearable way. 
And so after this, don't, don't go and have a conversation with your husband and say, hey, you heard what Pastor was saying? That's you. You need to either shape up or ship out. No. Don't, don't post on Facebook, I'm going on a truth crusade and I'm deleting people. No, because then you won't have friends and then you'll come to me and you'll say, Pastor, I did, I did what you were saying and now nobody likes me. What's wrong? And I'll say, no, you didn't do what I was saying because there's a way to bring the truth up. And here's how we bring the truth up. First, we start with ourselves. We realize that there are things inside of us that we've been suppressing, we've been pushing down. So we, we discover that here's, here's the truth about who I really am. I know my abusive dad said I was this, but the truth is God says I'm this, and I'm not going to live in that identity any longer. We say, here's this addiction that I have in my life, and I keep going back to it to cover up for this thing that happened to me when I was younger. I keep going back to this because I feel like it'll fulfill me because I'm, I feel like I'm missing something in my life. We just allow the truth to rise in our own life. And as we do that, we discover just how flawed we are and just how in need of grace that we are. We begin to forgive ourselves. When we allow the truth to rise in our own life, it leads to humility. And so we begin to live in humility, understanding we're flawed, imperfect people, and we need the grace of God in our life. Once we allow the truth to rise in our own life and we start working on that and changing that, then we can approach the other people in our life, our spouse, our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our friends, our coworkers. We can go to them and start to bring up the truth, but we need to do it in a hearable way. We need to carry humility with us, understanding that we're just as jacked up. And so when we go to them, we extend grace to them. And the conversation probably looks like, hey, I've been noticing this thing going on. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I need to change my perspective. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I've been noticing that this thing is going on. And I feel like we keep suppressing it and pushing it down. And I don't think this is the healthiest thing. I, wanna, I want for us to, to move into something greater, for us to move into something better. And so can we bring this truth to the surface? I mean, let's face it. We all know that it's there. Let's just bring it to the surface and talk through it. This is the way to bring it up. But just know that when the truth rises to the surface, when the ghosts are exposed, when we peer under the water and see the iceberg, sometimes it can lead to rupture. No matter how we bring it up, no matter how we try and deal with this, it can still lead to rupture because there's no guarantees. Your marriage could end. You could get fired. The friend could say, I'm done with this. But I want to let you know, even if that happens, even if it leads to rupture. And we hope that it doesn't. We want it to lead to reformation. But even if it does, it's still best to bring the truth up. Because wouldn't you rather give that situation an opportunity to be redeemed, to be reformed, to be made right? Wouldn't you rather let your marriage have the opportunity to be something great and amazing as opposed to living in a relationship of convenience for the next 20 years where you just kind of play your parts? Wouldn't you rather bring it up at work and get fired even than to work at a place for 30 years and then look back and say, I just had a J-O-B where I made money and I never really got life from what I did? Wouldn't you rather give that friendship an opportunity to mend and heal and become even better than to just kind of be at odds with one another for the next few years? Even if rupture is the outcome, 
isn't it better than just suppressing the truth, than just living in the crisis? Because oftentimes we think, well, I'm managing the crisis, but the truth is the crisis is managing us. And so I want to encourage you today, peer under the water, expose the ghosts, allow the truth to rise. Because when you do this, you'll become the person that you want to be five years from now. Who you want to be in five years is not somebody who's shipwrecked by icebergs. They're not somebody who's haunted by ghosts. They're not somebody who suppresses the truth. And so let's begin to bring the truth to the surface. Because when we bring the truth to the surface, the truth will set us free. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray you are inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information on The Rising, visit wearetherising.com.